Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Larry Rao, who's the CEO of American Manganese. It's a business which has segued away from low-grade manganese recovery into battery recycling. They're recovering cathode minerals from batteries. Uh, We talked to him about his business plan. He tries to talk us uh, through the process that he's going through at the moment with uh, potential JV partners and industry players. Uh, He's not prepared to talk about the NDAs and discussions in all instances, uh, but we talk about the money that they will require to build their commercial plant somewhere in the region of 15 to 20 million dollars. They will need some money short term as they've only got about half a million dollars in the bank. Do enjoy the podcast. Larry, how are you, sir? Great. Fantastic. Good, good. So where are you joining us from? Joining you from uh, Surrey, British Columbia, from our office. Oh, very good, very good. So you're hard at work. No, no quarantine issues for you? Not so far. There's it has been, which affected uh, at least one of our workers is working from home. All right, okay. Well, like Larry, why don't you kick off and give us a one-minute helicopter view of the company, and then we'll kind of pick it up from there. Okay, American Manganese is a critical metal company that developed a process for treating very low grades of manganese, which is what the U.S. has. We've taken that as a cornerstone to launch into a, uh, actually to recycle lithium ion batteries, the cathode materials, which are very valuable. And uh, we've been very successful at that. We've got two patents now on that. And a third one we'll be applying for. So, uh, and basically uh, we've come to the attention of a lot of people in the industry and we hope to move on from there. Fantastic. Well, I guess you're in a very topical space at the moment. I think obviously the COVID-19 pandemic aside, assuming we return to normality and people continue to look at the battery revolution as something that's meaningful and coming hard, long and hard at us, for sure. Can you just... I get what you do, the background of what you do, but what I'd like to understand first is a little bit about... You know, when did you start this off? What did you set out to do? Obviously, manganese, you know, low-grade manganese recovery is one thing, but, you know, you've got a few patents coming here. So what did you start off wanting to do? How has that progressed? And, you know, is that original plan still in place? Well, we moved away from uh, trying to promote the, uh, or to, I guess you would say, um, commercialize the manganese aspect because the manganese price is not laid ball. And, uh, but in 2016, we started looking at the cathode material that's in a lithium ion battery. And uh, we did a proof of concept. Uh, we got excellent results. And we've spent a f- several millions of dollars now developing that, uh, that process. It's uh, probably the only process that will return you uh, up to 100% recoveries and purities on the uh, metals that we process and uh, the hydrometallurgy is uh, patented so nobody else can uh, utilize our techniques uh, or our patents for sure um, <clears throat> but what we do is we take a cat the cathode material a battery or the scraps and that's what we're focused on is the scraps and we convert that into uh, what we call cathode to cathode 
Now you remember that the uh, scrap material in itself is almost uh, pure cathode material that goes in with some anode material. And uh, hydrometallurgically, we separate that out into what we call cathode to cathode, which means that uh, we can uh, take that material out of a battery and return it to a battery manufacturer if they so desire in a same composition that would uh, go back into a new battery, but okay. probably with greater purity. Do you, do you think, can we come on to that in a second? That you're, you're kind of getting into selling me or promoting to me the, the, the new setup here with, it, with, with your patented technology. I, I really wanted to understand a bit more about you as a, a manager, you as a businessman and sort of work out you know, what it is that you're trying to build here, what type of company you're trying to build. Because I, I, me as an investor, I want to know what I'm investing into. So not, not just about the technology, but where's the business going? So you, you, you're telling me you segued away from the manganese recovery because manganese prices were low and did the economics weren't there for you. And you did, I mean, was it overnight in terms of this segue into, you know, battery recycling? Or did you have some existing technologies which you were able to carry over or was it a period of discovery that you had to go through there? No, it was a technology that we carried over from, as I said, the manganese process. And uh, we found that the uh, metal should drop out on the curve uh, at least we didn't, but the contractor did, and uh, that's Kometco. And uh, we found that uh, there was a good opportunity for us to get into the recycling of lithium-ion batteries. Our whole business is uh, circled around that now. I mean, we've uh, we've proven that we can get uh, through pilot plant testing, we can get uh, high re high recoveries and high purities. And uh, there's not many other companies out there that call themselves recyclers or basically uh, shredding it and sending it to a smelter, which is not uh, the best way to handle a recycling of a battery. Right. Again, I think we're kind of moving on to the you know power metallurgical versus hydrometallurgical you know solutions. Um, are you saying to me? I'm trying to interpret what you're saying. So you're trying to say to me that you're building a company around a patented technology, a hydrometallurgical recovery technology to feed into or feed off of the, you know, the battery um, marketplace. Because you're talking about recovery. And I, I guess you're talking about reg regular lithium, lithium ion batteries here, not lead, not anything else. No lead, uh, usually with the chemistry, chemistries of, let's say, uh, um, NMC, which is nickel manganese cobalt or uh, uh, nickel manganese, uh, that type of structure, whether it's 8822 8 or whether it's 811 or 622, I should say. And uh, we get, uh, you know, greater than uh, 99% of the recoveries on that. Um, this is a very lucrative market. Uh, there's uh, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of batteries coming loose today. There's also hundreds of millions of scrap out there. Scrap is the uh, pre-use, which is uh, developed from building the battery itself by the manufacturer. There's trimmings and everything else. There's failed testing that turns all of the stuff that they've done back into scrap. And uh, it appears that uh, 10 to 20% of the uh, the battery uh, use of cathodes 
ends up as scrap. So uh, it's a it's in a market that if we were in the business right now, if we had a commercial plant, that uh, we could be going full. Okay, so so let's so let's talk about where you are because I, I think I think. Um Let's let's talk about where you are. So, you've you've got a, a you've got a technology. It's patented. You, it's been tested in lab conditions. You're now looking to be able to create a, a pilot type facility where you can test it on a slightly on a larger scale. So, I guess we're going to need to talk about the money side of things. I mean, today you're at what 23 million market cap, 12 cents. Um, how much cash have you got in the bank? We got a little over half a million dollars in the bank. <laughs> And uh, so, which is going to carry us through for the next few months, uh, get get through with the uh, coronavirus. Um, but we've already completed our pilot testing. Uh, you know that uh, has been done. It's not just lab testing; it's lab scale testing. We have actually piloted the uh, plant. We've uh, bought material, and we've also received material from even from two tier one companies and tested their material. This is battery manufacturers. And, um, you know, so we know we're on the right path here. And uh, and we're now we're starting to talk to a few about perhaps uh, off taking their, uh, their scrap to start batteries. Second. Uh, that's interesting. So what's what scale was the pilot um, test on at? What, what, what sort of volume? It uh, was built for two kilograms. Uh, an hour, uh, but do, did a lot more than that. And we're going to test it again to see uh, full capacity on that pilot plant. And uh, but we've got to, I mean, we put a couple hundred pounds of, uh, of uh, material through the pilot plant, and we've been we've developed actually the powder. If you go to our site, you'll see pictures of the powder. You won't find that on anybody else that calls themselves recyclers, or they are recyclers, but uh, they don't they. They don't have. They don't end up with the powder, and uh, that powder is a cathode material that goes back into the battery. And um, you know, we're, we also have uh, a venture with the DOE in the United States. Uh, we're part of a recycling program there. We supply the the uh, hydrometallurgical side. What we're working on with them is getting the uh, the shredding or the uh, material off of the uh, cathodes, uh, basically taking a, uh, a battery and reducing it down to the foils. Uh, the foils are uh, aluminum foils, which contain the cathode and copper foils, which contain the anode, so that we can put them through our uh, metallurgical plant. And that's what our pilot plant is. It's uh, uh, we think it can do between 10 and 20 kilograms an hour if you were to operate it on a steady base. But it is a pilot plant and, uh, you know, it's, it works in real world conditions. It tells us that uh, we can build a commercial plant and get good results. So you'd be happy going off a plant of that scale and getting into building a commercial plant, but would funders be happy based on the information that you've got available? It doesn't seem significantly large to me but it doesn't matter what I think what are the what are the funders telling you or asking you for well they want to know where our supply is coming from that's the first question okay and what's the uh, answer? we're going to sell it I don't think it's a problem what's the answer to both of those well the answer is uh, we're working on that but I'm not about to disclose who we're talking to there's competition out there 
And also uh, I have NDAs with some of those companies, but you may start to see uh, some press releases in the uh, future where we have actually started to tie down some supply. We know where we can get uh, the supply for a three ton a day plant right now. And, uh, but that comes uh, at a cost. And uh, so, you know, it's not like we're concerned about the supply. What we're concerned about, what everybody should be concerned about is how the treatment affects the environment. There's nothing goes back into the environment. We have a closed circuit the water is reused. There's nothing that goes into the air. This is a complete solution for a battery manufacturer to, uh, you know, be able to say to his, uh, the people that he supplies the batteries to, that we have a, a full closed circuit um, program going with uh, actually down to recycling the batteries and getting back all the material. Fantastic. Cl cl closed loop circuit to be applauded. But I mean, the other thing people are looking for is the economics and say, you know, can this be done and can it can it be done economically? Can it make money, not just for you, but for shareholders? I mean, what's your, what's your view on that? The economics are great. You just go straight line to uh, our business plan that's on the site you'll see that the economics are fantastic. I keep reading about that it's not economic to do so. But I'll give you just an example. We're a mining company, you know. Uh, I've been through pilot plants and actually uh, construction of uh, mills and, and uh, operation of plants. It's no different. Factories are the, mill, are the feed, or is the feed in the, uh, in the mining aspect, but batteries are the feed for us and uh, if you go look at the business plan, you'll see the economics are great. It's the way the deal, uh, our biggest risk is how do we structure the deal so that uh, the company remains on top. We're, we want the uh, battery manufacturer to understand that we're providing a full circuit, a closed circuit solution to their batteries. They're not going into a dump. They're not ending up in the environment mm -hmm. and uh, they're getting material back. So how we structure the deal is uh, how the economics are. But right now, the biggest cost in, uh, in uh, metallurgical recycling is the reagents. And uh, for example, if we take down a battery that uh, has a certain combination like uh, NMC uh, 811, um, we, that's worth 1300 to $1,500 a ton. And, uh, consequently it costs us, uh, about a dollar a kilogram for reagents and the rest is just labor and power. And that's, uh, you know, it, it's highly lucrative. If you, if somebody wants to go to the business plan, they'll see that. Okay. And so what happens in terms of, you got to, you got to. Well, if you're not bidding, uh, you're probably going to have a contract in place from you know battery manufacturers, whether it be automotive or otherwise, to feed initially. I guess their ten, I think you said ten to twenty percent rejected batteries, and then presumably end of life batteries at some point further down the line. I mean, there's there's a cost to that. Is there is that is that factored in, or is that not part of the the uh, consideration? No, that'll be factored in. It's a it's a negotiation. Um, what do we pay for the scraps, and uh, how we handle it, and what we do is at the end of the day, scraps are. Uh, you don't have to worry about crossing provincial lines or state lines or, or borders. Uh, 
it's benign. It's uh, it's just a uh, a cathode metals painted on a strip of uh, aluminum, and uh, that comes. Uh, it's, no toxicity to it there's nothing there's no problems with it so it should be uh, shipping should be easy uh, the whole th the whole thing hinges on uh, you know what does the battery manufacturer want do they really want to do something about the environment well it's going to cost us they're not going to get as much from us as uh, they might and I can't see how get from somebody who burns the batteries but it gives them the uh, ability to reassure their customers that they're doing something with the battery. And that, to me, should have a good price tag to it. And, uh, but if you look at our business plans, that's not factored in. We only use the ore, the basic ore calculations on what they're worth. We don't uh, use the enhanced battery treated cathode material, which can add 50% to the cost. We don't add that to our fa factor that in. We just use the straight across uh, price of the metals, and uh, and yet it's, it's very robust. So who who's done that business plan? Who's kind of like in mining? I think you've done your stuff a bit short there. You're kind of mining without the risk in in, in many ways, but it does. You, that the success is predicated on the, the terms of the contracts and agreements that you put in place and the supply chain, you know, you know, therein. But if I may ask, who's put the business plan together and signed it off? Is that just an internal document and we've got to rely on your figures or is there some... The pro forma. The pro forma. What pro forma document. And uh, it's put together by our CTO, uh, Chief Technical Officer uh, Zarco and uh, utilizing prices that are out there. Anybody can do that. An accountant can do that. You don't have to have an engineering firm do that. It's uh, You can calculate how much is in the battery and uh, what your recoveries come from Cometco and uh, you move ahead from there. They give us a cost of uh, the re reagents and um so it's a but it's a pro forma calculation now <clears throat> we when we move into uh actually uh, designing the plant that's going to cost a bit of money it's not like it's it's uh, because it's a three ton a day or a 10 ton or 30 or 50 ton a day plant it's the fact of the matter is it has to be uh, engineered and scaled the same as a plant for uh treating ore and uh so that's not cheap and uh, so that's our next step is to get that done. Although we seem to be uh, during this coronavirus, we've gotten a lot of interest. We're not sitting on our hands here waiting, waiting for everybody to go back to work with the computers and everything else, emails and everything else. And uh, telephones, of course, were, uh, we've been excellent, actually, uh, busy every day it's uh it's busier than it was before the corona. no i get i get, I get it and, and, and i think a lot of ceos you know would, would say that they're always having conversations i guess what i'm trying to get at as an investor is how do i understand the the, the gaps in, in 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 this process so you've put together a business plan without necessarily having the contracts in place or the agreements in place to be able to definitively put a price on things, you haven't costed out the price of the you know com the commercial uh, plant. So these are all kind of 
pulled in from you know lots of different places but I, I as an investor have got to trust your ability to put a correct number on that to be able to work out the economics of of, of the business and you know and I, I like this space I like this space a lot um, so I'm thinking you've got a proprietary technology it's a case of you know can you commercialize it can you put the it's not a proprietary technology oh it's sorry I thought right okay okay so you've got a patented technology um i'll have to look up what the difference is um apologies well, the, the difference is our technology is protected proprietary you don't know anything about it okay good i've learned something today okay so what i'm trying to get at is you know are you going to be able to put all of these agreements jvs this chain in place to be able to economically um, apply your patented technology and produce a profit and be able to communicate that to the market so that the share, you know, shareholders understand it. So you, you know, people get engaged with your story. Um, and I and I guess the bit the bits that I'm not hearing at the moment is where the feedstock's going to come from. You're telling me you're in conversations um, and some assurity around the economics of how you go about putting all of that together well i'm really not understanding the question but <clears throat> let, let me try to make it clear the business plan is uh the only one you'll find out there when it comes to recycling okay <clears throat> you won't find it in anybody else's uh but first off we know what the chemistry of a battery is we can calculate <clears throat> the tonnage drilling and then estimating a reserve right is if you're if you're talking about mining so you know we can tell how much a battery's worth and i just told you that it's worth about like an ounce a ton ton of ore right and I have one ounce of gold per ton of ore so <clears throat> how do we uh you know we gotta knock down the barriers all the time but certainly uh the uh the patented process um protects us uh, we're patented and uh, we have three patents in the company we'll have a fourth one coming and uh, we're patent uh, applied for patents in uh, seven other jurisdictions around the world we'll have that that was the key to everything you gotta if you don't have patents what have you got you got something that somebody else can exploit number one whether you call it proprietary technology or whatever you call it <clears throat> That can be exploited by anybody and um you know we think we have the best path path going doesn't take much you don't have to sit down and hire engineers all over the world to figure out what's the value of a battery mm -hmm. and uh, if you've got the recoveries that tells you that <clears throat> what you can expect from a return and uh so what i'm not understanding what you're asking is uh what else can we do to assure everybody? Well, it's just, you've, said, mean, uh, you've said a few things to me there, you know, so like, like patents in themselves, I, I get the protection component and I get you saying proprietary uh, technology can be copied. It can be, it'll be copied if it, if it works, if it can, you know, work economically, people will copy it. Patented, not so much. So I'm not, not, that's what I'm trying to say is, you know, 
a pattern in itself isn't necessarily worth too much unless it can work economically. And I'm trying to get at the economics of this. And you, you keep telling me there's no one else that does this. And I'm, you know, we have spoken to people like Neo Metals or Gem or Lifecycle, and you know, they all do claim to do what you do. So it's not completely devoid of competition. So there is competition out there. It's a question of, you know, where do you think you stand versus them? And if you are all saying the same thing, it's all the same white noise, but you think you've got the best technology, it's just helping me understand why is yours better than theirs? Well, you have to look at the technology. Unfortunately, you can't compare us to Lifecycle or those companies that don't even talk about recoveries. And uh, so I can't begin to tell you what they're doing. Um, I know they're shredding. That's all I can tell you. And uh, <clears throat> even Unicor, the biggest out there, mm. is, is basically burning the batteries at the end of the day. And uh, that's not a solution. Well, take neon metals, for instance. Theirs is a hydrometallurgical process, for instance. So, you know, how do you stack up against someone like them? How do I compare that? They didn't. They came out with a release that they completed their pilot plant testing. They didn't uh, talk about recoveries. They didn't talk about purities. They didn't talk just that it met expectations. And how do I compare that with our process? <clears throat> I can put mine in front of you, show you the end product, and um, you know, give you the recoveries, give you the purities. What more can a man ask for? I mean, that's what's there. That's why we've got deals with tier one companies that are battery, battery manufacturers. We're testing their material. Those are, there's only four of them. So you can figure out that half, half of them are testing material with us, right? When do we have a, a, a deal with the DOE where we're working closely with the, uh, with the labs there and uh, testing the material that they turn out um, you know, it's, uh, it's, and you can go to our site and, and look at the bounds of uh, green powder that we, that we produce from Kinetco. All of our work is done by arm's length people. Kinetco doesn't own a share. Kinetco doesn't own anything in the patents. They've got no reason to give us uh, beefed up results. Uh, and, you know, they've got 600 clients from all over the world, so they're not exactly unknown company. So we're arm's length to that. And um, so basically what we show is transparency and you're comparing me to companies that don't show any transparency. And um, so I can't even comment on what they're doing. If you can find something, mm -hmm. show me. Well, I can find out sort of things from behind the curtain. But if you can show me something that, where they actually give results, um, then I can compare it, but I can't compare it to other companies that are out there naturally. It's not just them. There's uh, probably a hundred other companies out there working on that. Some of them have been working on trying to recycle the batteries in a <clears throat> environmentally friendly way <clears throat> for the past 10 years. And they got a lot bigger treasuries than I do and they haven't gotten there. <clears throat> so that's all I can tell you is that uh, you can go to our site, you can see the business plan. It doesn't have to be an engineering plan. It's a strictly a, a, a mathematical plan on what it's worth. If we got the recoveries, we can calculate what the costs are. Um, show me somebody else that does that. And, uh, you know, and we've also talked to 
as I've told you, I can get all the scraps I need for a three, perhaps even up to a 10 ton a day plant. And I could just enter into that agreement tomorrow. But uh, it's not favorable. It's not favorable. It's uh, a middleman contract that um, that uh, cuts me off from all the battery manufacturers. So I, we've got to, it's, it's not like we just go bang, 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 bang. It's a, this is a very competitive business. And, uh, but what we can offer is a total solution. And uh, I'm not seeing anybody else out there, if they could get the recoveries we did, the purities that we did, they don't even show you the color of their powder. Why wouldn't they do that? You know, it's uh, because uh, maybe they're getting burnt. And uh, that's okay. the end of the end of the whole. Okay, so tell me, with regards to the the plant, whether it be th three ton, ten ton, I mean, how much money are you going to need to raise? Well, we're looking at fifteen to twenty million dollars. Right. And uh, <clears throat> so, uh, but that'll uh, a plant like that, depending on how your structure, could pay back in a year and a half to three years. And uh, there's nothing but money in, involved. And we knew that from 2016 when the prices were in the really in the ash can, not as low as they are right now. I mean, uh, you know, I've been in mining all my life and I've been involved in, uh, in uh, building mines and actually uh, had a company that operated, uh, jointly operated the mine. So <clears throat> I know what's involved moving forward. This is the mining deal. This is not a, uh, you know, and by the way, patents are worth money. A lot of companies are, uh, you know, their values measured on the patents that they have. Not that you can't have patent infringement, but I, I would love to see somebody build a whole plant and a business on utilizing my patents. There's weapons, there's certain things that I could do. You know, first off, I would sue them for the plant for the profits they made and everything else, and the world would stand behind me on that. And so I'd have a plan. So why would anybody jeopardize a, uh, the whole company on stealing my patented work? Now, this may happen in remote areas of China or something like that, but sooner or later, you're gonna get found out. And uh, so patents are extremely important. Can you so just coming back to the plant question, which was you told me that the number would that be an equity or debt or some kind of mixture thereof? I guess that's going to depend on a what contract you have in place. Combination uh, it would be uh, it could even be a third grants, uh, uh, third equity, and a third uh, uh, convertible debenture or something like that. And. Uh, you know, I've raised about $400 million in my life and uh, raised bigger chunks than this for uh, mining projects. But this, this is a, uh, this is a unknown area. Somebody's got to promote the uh, battery recycling, uh, which we try to do and uh, bring it to the forefront. And, uh, but right now I can tell you that from the calls that I'm getting, that this is starting to be, uh, recognized as the area that a lot of these, especially battery companies want to get into. But it's not just battery companies. If you're an oil company and you're looking at uh, spreading your, you know, uh, spreading the risk, why wouldn't you get involved in recycling of batteries or the thing that's gonna knock you out of the uh, sales of oil? And, uh, or you could be 
any kind of an entrepreneur that is interested in uh, in the opportunity. If they want to, they can sit down to, with us. They can go to Cometco. They can see that uh, we're not charlatans or bullshitters, and uh, you know, see that our process works. So uh, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to make a lot of money, uh, I can't think of a better field to get into right now than this. And you got to push forward the fact that if you're a battery manufacturer or an EV car sales. What happens to the battery? That you're starting to see that question coming out all the time now, and they've got to have an answer. And uh, burning them is not the it's not the way to uh, end up with a battery, or poor recoveries with a lot of the material going back into the environment. And I get it. I get it. You know, um, get, uh, may I ask, is that plant going to be funded this year? Is that something you're looking to try and deliver this year for your shareholders? Given your confidence over the yes, uh, we are. Unfortunately, uh, you know, timetables are set back, especially uh, even with Cometco doing the work for us. Uh, you know, they don't. Uh, they've got thirty people in their plant, and they've got skeleton crew in there. They can't have thirty people in the plant right now, and uh, <clears throat> so everything's got to move back. But we want we're moving ahead as best as we can. So all we need is a big investor. And that's what we're focusing on is uh, finding a big investor. And by that is somebody who shares in the uh, dream, somebody who shares in the profit, the potential profits. And uh, other than that, I don't think that there's going to be a problem uh, financing this situation. To be very honest with you, I can't think of it. I have never had a better opportunity in my life for a smidgen of the money that it takes to build a concentrating plant working with ore. Okay, and so I'm just clear, so you're, you're, you're not necessarily wanting to get institutional money in, you're saying you'd like entrepreneurial family office type money in, that's where you see this coming no, that's from? That's just one way. One way, okay, okay. It's not a preference or anything. That's just one way. Right. I mean, there's, there's several ways to go on this. A joint venture would be the cleanest. And uh, that could be with a partner. I've got people that talk to me about putting money up on a joint venture. And, uh, you know, and I got people that talk up to me about debt and I got people that talk to me about equities. So what's stopping and, you? Uh, what's stopping you? Why don't you take that money? <laughs> the price of the stock would be first off. I don't want to do something down here at 12 cents. We've raised about $8 million to bring the project to this level. And I know that uh, some soon, it, it will soon break out at this level and uh, we can do it at higher prices or we could do a convertible to venture or anything else. Uh, what's stopping me is I've got to get some uh, actual uh, plans done for, uh, for the uh, con concentrator or for the uh, plant and uh, sizing and everything else and pricing. Most of this stuff is not going to come off the shelf. It's going to come off. Is going to be, have to be fabricated. It's uh, it's a different uh, technology. How much does that and, cost? Uh, How much would that cost you to put together the plans for the concentrator? Could be about a million bucks. Okay, so you're going to need to raise some money short term, right? We're going to raise money in the short term. Yeah. When 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 are you planning? And, uh, well, as soon as the market stops dropping, 
And, uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, my shareholders have put up money higher than this price. I'm not going to, if I can help it, I'm not going to put them down to uh, because of uh, some thing that's happened in the market beyond my control. I'm not going to put them down to uh, half the price that they put up for it. And uh, I'm not going to roll back the stock. I'm not going to do those things. And, uh, you know, we've uh, advanced this project, whether uh, people want to believe it or not, uh, if they're doing it the right way, um, they would have spent millions of dollars on uh, on getting to the point that we're at, as we did. It's no different than a mining project. You're obviously familiar with mining projects because that's what you've advertised. And um, so you know that uh, there's a cost to uh, doing business there. There's risks there. There's all those sorts of things. And, uh, you know, but show me where the huge risk is. And batteries are unloaded out of a car that uh, has reached the end of life. Somebody may want to take it apart and reuse some of those cells, whatever. Um, but uh, somebody's got to deal with them at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, we were finding that, uh, you know, not jumping to conclusions two years ago and trying to tie down the supply and all that stuff, because we know we're not there yet. Trying to, would it cost us money? Would it cost us potential mistakes? And uh, we've had off-takers uh, trying to, uh, you know, get us to go into off-take agreements. And I'm talking about big commodity firms. We haven't. It's, temp- it's, a, it's a real temptation to do that. But uh, we think the, uh, that we could end up with uh, dozens of plants around the world five, five ten years out. Um, some of those plants may be directly uh, to a battery manufacturer who wants to reuse his cathode material, which we give him the ability to do that. There's, this is not just a uh, find the ore, do a study, uh, get the metallurgy down and get the permits. And don't forget there's permits to get in this. Well, how fast do you think we get a permit if we show that nothing goes back into the environment? And uh, there's political aspects of it. I'm sorry, but you know I can't talk to you about all the stuff that we're that we're going through with uh, very important uh, companies and uh, even politicians. And uh, so until until we reach that stage, and it could be probably long before. Uh, um, we have the uh, plans all done. We've got prices on the uh, on some of the plans. The prices even surprised me. Um, you know, haven't haven't paid for feasibility studies at least five times in my in my career, and uh, raised up to a couple hundred million on uh, in, in the one case. And uh, it's uh, it, I, I'm not seeing. This is a problem. This is the first thing I get with everything that I do. How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? It's all you got to do is look down the road and say, this is what I'm going to do. And you do it. Okay. It's as simple so as tell that. So tell me this, Larry. Um, have you, you know, obviously the price, the share price went up last year. The reason with a good year dropped off beginning of this year for obvious reasons. Did you take the chance to mop up some cheap stock yourself? Have you been in, buying in the market? Well, unfortunately, you know, I've got a million dollars in this stock and that's my whole net worth. And uh, where am I going to get the money to mop up some cheap stock? That's another thing that 
that you know I got a million dollars into it. The management and the directors have uh, cumulatively several millions of dollars into it, but the cheap sheets are uh, cheap seats are obviously. Why don't you buy more stock? Well, I would if I could, especially down at these levels, but I can't. And, uh, you know, I got to feed a family. I got to do everything else that everybody else does. I get a salary and uh, that's it. Okay. Larry, brilliant. I like the space you're in. I really do. Um, and I wish you well. And I appreciate you talking us through where you're at. Um, sounds like, you know, there's a, lots of things in the pipe work, uh, in, in the pipeline, sorry, um, which should be coming through soon. But, I, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you pick up the phone and tell us about it when those things hit, because um, if you put it together right, it, it, you know, it's going to be a really good thing. We'll put it together right. You know, it's not like uh, we haven't got experience in that area. You know, I say, look at it, somebody who's done it before and see if they can do it again. And uh, like I'm telling you, it's uh, it's not like a, one of my projects, $650 million, uh, in which we raised uh, $200 million, $80 million in a bridge loan. And, uh, you know, this is uh, $15 to $20 million dollars. And if we decide to go bigger, maybe $40 million, and uh, which is nowhere near uh, the uh, capital that's required in an actual mining operation, I don't see a problem. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.